This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Luckily, our next guest is extraordinarily patient. I know he has to edit my work at the Orca. He is the editor-in-chief of the Orca BC. McLean Kay joins us on the line. Hello there. Hi, Jody. How are you? I'm doing really well, thanks. Busy day for you yesterday. Did you enjoy being in lockup? Um... I'd be lying if I said it's a it's a barrel of laughs, but uh, it, is, it is definitely a lesson. Can you give us an idea of what it's like in there? Are you allowed to tell us what it's like in there? Oh yeah, sure. Oh, tell um, us. We actually have to surrender our uh, our phones, uh, and they're sealed in envelopes. Uh, and there's no internet access in the Victoria Conference Centre. So from about uh, 9 a.m. until the finance minister starts speaking in the house, which is approximately 1:45. Uh, we have no contact with the outside world, and we are given a thick stack of budget documents to pour over ourselves. Um, the uh, finance minister comes out uh, to, at first to sort of give us a rundown of uh, of the budget, and then later to answer questions. And at various points, we are allowed to interact with the uh, various stakeholders, and there's hundreds of groups that come to the budget lockup, um, but only after uh, the minister has uh, fielded questions. It's It's a full... I was going to say it's a full morning, but it's actually more than that. It's a full day. It's a full yeah. day, and you're, you know, you're a dad of a little. It's hard to go without your phone when you, when your heart lives outside your body. That's, that <laughs> that would be the thing to that me bugs me. I turned in my phone. Is what yeah. happens if they call? <laughs> that's the one thing that gets me on the. Otherwise, I'm like, that's fine, take it. If I, you know, but okay. So let's unpack. I'm calling it BC Budget Boxing Day because it's when we're sort of able to sort, of, you know, peruse <laughs> between the goodies and the not so goods. Uh, definitely a hot topic today is that sugar tax. Yeah. So. You're, where do you land on this? I mean, Gord McDonald and I were both like, oh, maybe we're just old and want, don't think that sugary sodas are all that important. But then some would say that this is ultimately a, a tax on the poor. Well, that was the criticism uh, when uh, similar moves have been made in, in the United States and elsewhere. Uh, I guess Denmark had it was one of the first to do this and has, uh, has backtracked because that is exactly the criticism, is that lower-income people disproportionately drink a lot of pop hmm. for whatever reason. And so um, from a lot of uh, points of view, this is something of a regressive tax. Uh, the NDP, in their budget materials, um, explained that most all of their budget uh, was uh, examined through a uh, gender lens. And, um, and on the pop tax, uh, they said that uh, men overwhelmingly drink uh, more pop than women, although they didn't give um, percentages, and that young people um, drink more than older people. So it's essentially a tax on young men. Huh. I have no problem with a deterrent for my young man, my 12-year-old, <laughs> who might be like, you know what, that humongous sugary pop drink, that's eh, too expensive. Well, and honestly, when I first read that, I, I raised my eyebrows because I, I, in my limited experience, think of pop as you know, not necessarily a male thing, no. but sort of more even. But it was clarified to me that this will include, you know, energy drinks, which mm, I probably right. are much more male. Yes, good point. Um, other things that are sort of coming from this is the streaming tax. Yeah. For me, when I heard about this, Richard Zussman, honestly, he came out of lockdown, uh, lockup. I was going to say lockdown, lockup, <laughs> and he turned on his phone, and it was literally us phoning him live on the radio to say, "Okay, what do you know?" And and when I heard this sort of Netflix piece, we'll call it, um, I thought, "Well, that's just going to be passed on to the consumer." Yeah, it's uh, and you know the, the kind of the galling thing about this is, I mean. We just talked about the pop tax, and there's another new tax measure that we can talk about later. But they were front and center in the in the budget materials. The, the province was saying, Carol James was saying, we're doing this. 
what we're calling Netflix tax was buried on page 64 hmm. uh, in a listing under, you know, other things they're doing with the PST. And it literally just says, you know, registration requirements expanded. And then saying that, uh, you know, providers of telecommunication services have to register um, uh, as tax collectors. Uh, and then will presumably be charged PST. And it's never actually spelled out that that's what this is. And we had to get clarification that this does include streaming services. And so, yes, it is entirely accurate to call this a Netflix tax. But the province, they, they, didn't, they didn't want this to come up yesterday. They, it, it was never called this, and it, it is very much buried. Somebody else had to bring it to my attention yesterday. Hmm. Interesting. Why would it be buried? And also, why would um, the benchmark for the quote-unquote super wealthy be $220,000 a year? Well, it's because they need to collect enough revenue. Right. I mean, if, if you call, uh, if you decide that the super wealthy are, let's just pick a number, they, they make $2 million a year. That is a, even in British Columbia, that is a vanishingly small amount of people. Mm. So to make the difference, the bottom line, uh, and this is what they had to do to have a surplus in this budget, is they had to sort of, uh, the, the 1% had to be, there had to be enough of them to, you know, collect a significant amount of revenue from. Jody Vance in for Simi, continuing our conversation with the editor-in-chief of the Orca BC, McLean K. Now, before we continue talking budget, McLean, I have to point out that you craft each morning, weekday morning, a newsletter called The Fin that basically outlines the must-read articles from all publications in British Columbia to stay up to speed on uh, varying views and opinions and news in BC politics. And I just wanted to point that out to our listener because I use it as a resource. You kind of read all the papers for me and then say, hey, by the way, you should read these things. So signing up for the FIN, how do we do that? Uh, just, it's uh, 100% free on uh, the orca.ca. All you do is uh, enter your email address and you'll have it every morning. So entering your email address, people go, ooh, am I going to get spammed then? Uh, no, the only thing you'll be getting uh, from us is the FIN, absolutely, absolutely nothing else. In your inbox, bright and early, that's what I like. I wake up, I have my coffee, I sit down, I look at the FIN, and I click through. And Actually, that's where I found Mike Smith's column this morning, and I really enjoyed reading Mike Smith's column, um, sort of speaking to the taxes that we are looking at uh, within the BC budget that was tabled uh, yesterday at the BC Legislature by Finance Minister Carol James. We have phone lines open, 604-280-9898, if you want to chime in. And reaction on the budget, but we kind of focused on the, I don't know, negatives, the taxes going up, the costs to the taxpayer. But McLean, I wanted to dive into a couple of things that maybe um, were like, okay, well, there you go. You know, some health and some social side, some education um, gimmies, I guess, in what is a contentious uh, topic in this province anyway, that balanced razor thin surplus budget. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I think as Les Lane pointed out in his column this morning, the list of uh, capital projects goes on for something like 12 or 15 pages. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I won't even try yeah, <laughs> and no. summarize it here, but there's, there is a lot being built right now. Uh, and the NDP will, will um, uh, rightly point to that, uh, as well as what they're calling the uh, new BC Child Opportunity Benefit, which launches uh, later this year. And it's basically expanding grants for uh, for uh, families and kids, with uh, especially with uh, childcare spaces. And w- within the education piece, like trying to help with the teacher shortage. Yes, uh, they are hiring uh, more teachers, and I want to say it's something like four thousand two hundred. And I don't have it in front of me, and I forgive me if I'm wrong. That's but, okay. Yeah. But hiring more teachers is music to the, those of us who have children because we know that oh, yeah. classes are stacked. And oftentimes in the last number of years, we've seen retired librarians teaching grade six. 
there's no question that uh, BC has been suffering and grappling with a teacher shortage for some time. And so, yeah, any step in the right direction is a positive thing. All right. So we can read a summary from you on the budget at the ORCA? Yes, absolutely. Uh, as well as some, uh, some video uh, analysis as well. Oh, I look forward to the BC Poly Hot Stove every <laughs> single day. You and Jordan Bateman is just, or every single week, I should say. It's just, uh, it's a pleasure to watch you guys break it down. So I appreciate you taking some time out for us today, McLean. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. That's McLean K, the editor-in-chief at the Orca BC. So you go to theorca.ca. You'll actually find my column there. My column's called The Middle. I always try and find a little middle ground between polarizing topics. You can probably guess what I'm talking about this time is how are we going to uh, stop the madness of the protests without making it even a hotter sort of showdown situation.